Welcome to the Ignition Podcast, the podcast which takes your love for cars and shows you the possibilities. I speak to CEOs of car companies, racing drivers and people I find interesting and tell their stories for you to listen and learn from. If you've ever wondered what it's like working in and around your passion, well let my guest's stories be the guide for you and that very wonder. Today's guest is Juan Carlo, co-founder of the brand that really cottons on to the love for cars that we all share. Hilltread is a sock company that turns that boring space in your shoes into a vibrant and interesting place. From starting and failing many businesses, Juan Carlo found that when you combine work and passion, amazing things happen. And if you want to know how he's done just that, listen on. Before I start, thank you for listening. This is the Ignition Podcast. Get ready to fuel your passion for cars and motorsport every Monday and Thursday. We bring you stories, valuable career tips and tricks that will help you navigate the automotive world. So don't miss out. Follow the Ignition Podcast now and join the drive towards becoming the number one automotive podcast worldwide. Let's embark on this thrilling journey together. Enjoy the episode. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, each month the podcast has a sponsor that I love and I believe helps the car community. And this month's sponsor does precisely that. I've been a big fan of Huel for quite some time now, especially when it comes to working out, and I've got some exciting news to share with all of you. I recently discovered Huel's ready-to-drink milk, and it's a total game-changer. Not only is it delicious, but I'm a big fan of the chocolate flavour, and I'm a bigger fan of the 26 essential vitamins and minerals you need to go about your day. And let me tell you, it came in super handy during a recent 24-hour trip to a certain German racing track. Instead of eating unhealthy petrol station food, Huel kept me energized and focused on and off track. So if you are on the hunt for a quick and easy meal option, go to huel.com forward slash ignition to receive your free t-shirt and shaker and support the podcast. Now, back to the episode. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, A little question we like to start with is, is what ignited your passion for cars? Whoa. Oh, that's a tough one. I was... uh... A motorcycle. I still am a motorcycle fanatic, but it started like that. And I think what the the car passion came later. I was around eighteen. I don't know crazy stuff like Caterhams and and ultralights um, cars. I think and and Porsches ignited ignited my passion. I think it was when I started driving. To be honest. Before I just rode motorcycles, it was fun. I loved motorcycles, but when I started, started driving, I think that's ignited the passion. So power and real wheel drive and all the those stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so, so tell me more about you as a as you as a person. It's like you growing up. What was your influences like? And I'm trying to get an understanding of who you are as a person, just because the podcast, like I say, is all about following someone's journey and understanding who they are. So yeah, what would, you, what would I need to know about that part of your life, the early part of your life, to understand you today? Okay, so uh, I was born in Portugal, and I went to live in France with my parents when I was 14. And in France, you can have a a motorbike at 14 with no license, nothing. So I got my first motorcycle. It was a Yamaha BWS. And it started my passion for everything with an engine. So it was a a free ride with 14 going wherever I wanted by myself was great and started my passion for driving and then riding at that time. Then I got a, a bigger bike, and I always was a fan of bikes. My father had a, a bigger bike than I, and I used, I cannot say that, hoping he doesn't hear it, but I used to st- steal his motorcycle without my license and go for long, long spins. And, and that ignited my passion for speed. 
Um, I, I loved speed off-road. I also used to, well, in Portugal in, in the 80s and 90s, it was a little bit easier. But I used also my mother had a Suzuki Vitara and I used also to take it at night and go for off-roading at night by myself. It was really fun without license. <laughs> and, and then when I first got my driver's license and started driving, uh, my first car was a Ford Fiesta. It ignited the passion for cars. So my favorite car at the time was the 993 uh, 4S, the turbo look. I didn't like the big whale um spoiler of of the turbo uh early astons also uh, crazy caterums when i discovered caterums it was really crazy what what kind of strange car but with such performance yeah yeah and so, so was it just like was the experience of getting a, a vehicle at that time was that that mean a lot to you when you were younger so the the freedom and the, and the um, independence it gave you was that something that was big for you at the time yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I didn't live in downtown, so instead of taking the bus or the subway, I could go anywhere. So I I was already used to do doing that with the motorbike, uh, but then having a car, you can go long distance. You can go weekends out. You can sleep in the car. You can do whatever you want. So it's a big freedom vehicle. Yeah, and uh, so, um, in terms of like, I guess using the the car thing. So when did it become an idea that you can make money off cars? When did it become to you, like, have you ever? Because obviously, hill treads is, is quite a big thing. So, but when did you? When was your first company? Like, and have you always had like an entrepreneurial streak? Yeah, I always had an entrepreneurial streak. My father was and is now retired, a very successful uh, manager. Uh, so I always had the idea, okay, my father did this for other guys to make money. So I just want to be the guy that receives the money, not the guy that works. So I always wanted to create my company, but it took a long, a long, long time. So my first adventure was uh, a fractional ownership motorcycle club. So cars, I don't know if you remember, but about 10 years ago, at least in the UK, there are many, many in in, in, in the world. So fractional ownership car club. So you pay a fee per month, you get points, and you can exchange by many, many different cars. And I didn't have the, the money to to create a car club, so I created a motorcycle club. It didn't go well because the market in Portugal was already small, and other guys got exactly the same idea. And I think it was one month after, they opened exactly the same business. Mm. With a big location in in one city, and and if there was doubt that one could survive, two would be impossible. So, but it was a very cheap, let's say, MBA in in entrepreneurship. Uh, I didn't spend that much money. I had fun riding the bikes, and I learned a lot business wise. Then I my second business was called it's it's still running. It's called Andandy, and it was customized shoes. So like Nike ID, you can customize your sneakers. We were wanted to customize men's shoes. So at the time, it was very popular to to dress up and people with three-piece suits. It was a, a very a big a big thing about about yeah about ten years ago. So we had the idea to do that for for um, for shoes, and we were a direct to to consumer company, so we could sell the shoes cheaper and faster. So we had that that idea, and then didn't that didn't work out that much. So I wanted to do socks. So, and the first idea was there are so many colors and so many things in motor motor car racing. 
And it was a no-brainer just to do a first a test collection. So for us, Hillshed was a test collection for then other passions like music, art, uh, food, pets, and everything. The thing is, it took off so, so, so fast that the first collection standed for two years. Mm. So we did the first 20 designs. We did actually, it was a, a failure, um, a, a chain of failures that, that really, that ended up in a big success. So we wanted to be only on retail. I didn't want to only sell online because my previous experience was not that good. So we started looking and, and we wanted to start with the crowdfunding. So people like cars, it's very easy to find car fans. So crowdfunding was was a very interesting alternative. So we spent a lot of time and money doing the video and all of those things you see on crowdfunding. Yeah. And at the end, our expectations were to sell about 20,000 euros of socks and we sold 2,000. And nice. those 2,000 was half more than half to our families. So it was a big failure. But we kept going on. And then at the end, the last resort was say, okay, we'll do some online advertising and see where it goes. And it just took off so fast. So we started doubling our revenue months on month. Um, and people loved it. They asked for many, many different socks. They'll do this inspired on that car. So the first year was just listening to the comments on Facebook and creating more designs. And it really, really went really fast. People loved the socks. Quality was good. And we were making a lot of money really fast. So that was fun. And then came a lot of interesting collaborations that we still do today regarding Le Mans, uh cars doing something for very special brands that wanted to do just for for fun so it was a dream job that i didn't intend to so i've met a lot of famous um drivers a lot and partners with very cool companies and doing socks so it was totally unexpected yeah so what part of you when you're younger saw your dad working and was like i don't want to do that like what was what was it that put you off seeing him do that why didn't you go Okay, I've seen him do that. I'll do that. Because the thing is, he was making a lot of... He, he had a, a, a huge salary. So we, we were well off. That wasn't the issue. So, he, he, But he was making so much money to other people besides himself. And he, he was doing all the work and, 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 and having all the stress and putting all the hours. That didn't make any sense. So I'll do that for myself. I want make uh, any other guy rich so that doesn't make sense so and uh i was an engineer but i always liked sales and management so everything just at the end circled correctly to uh, to having the skill set to making hill thread uh uh a success and in growing yeah so what so why socks i mean obviously you had the, the clothing company but what, why socks what was interesting about socks because yeah so I, I was in the first web summit here in portugal and i saw that all the Silicon Valley guys that were giving all the big lectures had um, interesting socks or different socks with all colors and anything. So, and I was 40 around that time. I said, I like colorful stuff. It, it's interesting, but I don't want to have any cherries or pineapple on my feet. So I'm an adult. Um, so the first idea was to do cool socks with no drawings on it, cool patterns and everything. And then at the end, that's what you find on racing cars so the patterns were there the colors were there and and if you have a connection something you like the socks are more than just uh, an accessory so for example 
I choose pick my socks every morning according to the day I'm going to have. Yeah, I want a more faster car, a different car, a, bit, a, a piece of art. So it's 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 fun to do that. So every day, you have like a little treat on um on your feet. And that was I don't know how old are you? You're a young guy. Twenties. Yeah. Yeah, but you didn't never went wear a tie to work, right? So when I was young, you wear, wore a tie every day to work, and the tie did that on on your wardrobe. So if you liked airplanes, you had uh, ties with airplanes mm -hmm. or with uh, whatever your football club, whatever you you wanted. And then people stopped wearing ties. So only bankers and and not even bankers, only lawyers wear ties right right now. And and the socks took that that um, that place into the wardrobe. So and 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 at the end, you only saw sock companies doing things for younger people. And adults were not uh, taking care of, of their hobbies and everything into socks. So that was the first idea. Yeah, it's funny because I mean, I've read. Yeah, well, when I went to school, when I went to like upper, upper schools, so like what we call sixth form in the UK, um, I don't know what it is in Portugal, but like sort of like years, sort of like when I was 16 to 18, like I had to wear a tie to school. And it was like a, I wore a suit with a tie and that was my thing. And like you say, I would have a cool, funny pattern on the tie. And so where there would yeah. be, and it would match my socks. So I'd have like a bright pink tie with like different like pink polka dots or like cactus ties. So like I I see the point. It's <laughs> you yeah. want to you want to be unique in a way, don't you? Yeah, exactly. If not, everyone is wearing a gray suit. Stupid. <laughs> and the good thing, it it for example, regarding business wise, uh, let's say racing merchandise is interesting. But I love Ferrari. I have a Ferrari cap and a Ferrari Polo, but I don't wear it in the street. When I go to race, so if not, it's stupid. It's like wearing a, a football, a soccer jersey, right? The thing is, socks you can wear it every day to all occasions. So people, when buying socks, they don't feel, oh, this is a little bit useless. I'm paying a lot, and I'll never use it. I'll use it twice a year or something. Like that. No, you can wear the socks every week. So that's, I think, the a big secret of why socks is so interesting as a merchandising item or uh, even as a gift in, in, in events and anything. It's, it's a lot, it makes a lot more sense than, than giving you a crappy t-shirt you, you only wear in the gym. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think the cool part of our, our business people, it's a useful gift. And it's useful. Gift. And also like, so when it comes to the designs, like were you designing them at the beginning, like were you the person that did the designs and saw the colors and, and how to play with that or did you, no, I, I picked inspiration and my previous partner did some of the designs. Then we hired a, a professional designer that did the first collection. And then we were very lucky to find Andre, who is our current designer, who is the biggest petrol head in, in the company by far. He's, he's, he goes crazy at the details and everything, knows all racing teams. And he has the best job in the world quoting him so because he can design all the cars and all the liveries that he, he loved so and he really increased the game of, of the quality and the let's say the nerdness of our designs we go to extreme details only a petrol head would would um, value that so that's why why we love it also yeah no and so when it comes to like when you when you hire people for hill trade is like is that a requirement as like being a petrol head something you look for? Is it something that you think helps the company when it comes to like say leveling up and, and making it better? Yeah, without any doubt. The car design is it's uh, mandatory that he needs to be a true petrol head. Yeah. And, and so we were very lucky to find to find him. 
yeah uh, it, it's interesting so like when, when it came to like scaling up and like you, you said to me off offline beforehand like you, you're getting really busy so like how has that affected like you and the company and like Andrea from the creative designs have you have you got a team of designers or just him working behind the scenes yeah, so we created, then we created Curator Socks inspired by art, and it was driven by Madalena, who's our office manager, and she's the art person. Um, and then we created Stereo Socks, uh, and we are all music guys in the company, so it was a lot easier, but you, you can see we focus more on 90s and the 2000s because it's our music generation. Um, but when we hire a designer, he needs to connect with the... Um, with the part that he's doing. If not, you'll not get the details. It's it's not the same thing. Mm. So now we have a design team and Katarina, she's the art and, and music girl. And uh, we, and Joao, our new creative director also has a, a lot of musical culture that helps. Yeah. And so like the, the car, the car guy in you, the, the, the car part of it that likes the cars is like, do you, do you ever have like, a thing you go up well, really cool or you remember a car from your childhood that goes can we try this is that is it something I like to play around with as well oh yeah oh yeah all the um, all the cool liveries came out from from our childhood so the john player special ones the um, the the lotus the camel everything came the the, the marlboro mclarens all came from from my my childhood we were used to seeing that on 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 the races and, and it's totally different for example you know the the Volvo the 850 BTCC one. Yeah, it was a very cool car. I think I saw two or three races. But the thing is, it was an estate, and people went nuts. On top of it, my father had a a V70R. Oh yeah, yeah, it was all black, beautiful. So yeah, I had a very special connection. It was a good success. But sometimes there are things I didn't recall, but they're really famous. For example, the Porsche, the Pink Pig. Mm. I never heard the story, but when I read it, and it was a friend of mine that said, you need to do this. I went crazy. It was a huge success. People loved it. And then we were lucky because Porsche recreated that a year after with, uh, I think it yeah. was the 50 years. Yeah. So it became, it was amplified by that. Even Porsche, I think they they respect our work because we, we do our research and everything, and we never mentioned their um never use the logos on the easy easy stuff um because it's really really helps revive all the brands and keeping those classics alive that's that's really interesting yeah and so, so how do you how did you grow that part of the I'm guessing because how did you find obviously petrol heads are petrol heads but how did you find the audience how did you find the market did you just start advertising or did you go to car shows did you go to I'm just trying to think of someone that wants to start a brand or or a company in like the car space what did you think you did to helped grow the brand yeah so the, at first the first year it was only um facebook ads facebook and instagram ads but that changed a lot in the in the last three years and they are 50 percent less effective nowadays uh, a lot of more people investing in it but what, what, before it was a very easy way to get petrol ads so if you are a petrol ad facebook immediately knows that you follow 20 car uh uh groups everything so it was really to target and that was the the engine of our growth and then naturally because if you have a, um, a car related business you like things about cars mm -hmm. so then came the 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 wholesale part of the business and we got started getting contacted by by stores and people selling on races 
and uh, it was just an organic growth, but it was such a cool and an original product that we got contacted really fast by very interesting players. Yeah. And so what is your advice then to people that want to start a, a, a brand from passion? Like, What would you recommend they start doing? Well, the thing is, we sold a lot into fairs and markets and go to events and see what people were doing. So listening to your customers is really important. Even, even if you're not making much money, just produce a test run and go try and sell it. Because, for example, we did our first show. It was right here by my place, and it was a mm-hmm. classic car event. And we sold a lot of socks, but only to the foreigners. The Portuguese guys that were there to see the cars, they bought us zero. So, But the, all there are a lot of tourists just going, going around, and they bought a lot of socks. So one thing they valued a lot was it was made in Portugal. So we just changed the made in Portugal from the back of the label to the front of the label. And we thought, okay, there's an opportunity here, but not for Portuguese guys. So we want to sell to guys in other countries. In, uh, because Portugal, it's, it was more like uh, the product was not adjusted. It's hot, and people don't like funky socks that much. It's changing now, but it's it, we're not the most fashion-forward country in the world. Um, but those kinds of things that you listen and you learn on, on, on when trying to sell the product directly is precious. Mm. And so That's do you, really do you really take, important. yeah, so do you take feedback well then, I'm guessing? Yeah, sure. For example, read all your Facebook comments. The, thir- the, the first three months, people were asking for our biggest bestseller is the Golf GTI seats. Mm. People were just saying, you need to do the seats. You need to do it all day, every day. And when we sold it, it was a big opportunity. So in just, we have 90% of our ideas came from, come, comes from customers asking us to do crazy stuff. Mm. Sometimes we do it, sometimes we don't, but most of the times they're right. So uh, we got a guy that was asking for sab socks for a full year, and we did the sab socks just for him. Crazy stuff like that, but it's fun. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's listening. Amazing, listening. Yeah, listening is really really important on any part. If you are selling, you need to listen ninety percent of the time and then talk ten percent. Yeah. And so when it comes to like other brands, I guess, because there's going to be people that are now seeing your success and copying that. So like, how do you deal with that situation, that scenario? Because that must be must be great, if anything, if people are copying you. Yeah, the thing is, it was not that fun at the beginning. When we launched, one of them, we are not sure. Some guys in the US did exactly the same thing. We are not sure that if they copied us or not. Um and some guys in Switzerland, those guys copied us and we had to send them a cease and desist because they copied everything. It was crazy. Um, that's it's kind of interesting to know your respect and people are copying your business model. It's a little bit scary, but that's one of the things that's different from having your own business and working for others. Mm. Having your own business is always a sprint race. It's not a, a marathon, it's a sprint race because... If you have a good idea, you're not sure if a guy on the other side of the world sees it and copies or if he has the same idea. I, I respect that. But if yeah. he runs faster, you will die. So, and that's a big difference. We run really fast. So we invested a lot. Um, we were fully dedicated to this. It was not a, a fun hobby for us. So it was our, our, our full-time occupation. And just 
running and focus on growing as fast as you can. So we still do that today. We never sleep. So, and, and the big thing, even if they copy us the old articles, the thing interesting for us is every two weeks, we launch a very cool new design and people collect the new designs and that's what makes them come back. They mm -hmm. don't buy socks from us because the socks got old or, or, um, or they just got holes in it of wearing them too much. They buy us because they saw they see new things they can they they like. Okay, so yeah. that's the the um, this and we do that for all for art for for music for everything. And but does that ever get, does that ever get tiring? That must be trying to keep up with new designs every two weeks. Like, will you ever run out of cars? No, we'll never run out of cars. Never. We have material for. for to be honest, we have we have a big list. We have a a, a very big list that Andrea put and I put together and every year this we do with a plan for the whole year. And there are a lot of cars that, for example, Andrea wants to, to do these, they are on the waiting list for three years or more. So, oh, wow. and, and every year there are new cars. So for example, we don't go, we are trying now some licensing deals that we have the, the financial capability to do it. We do it with, with, with M sports. Mm. Um, but for example, we never do recent Formula One liveries. When I say recent, it's from the past 20 years. Imagine 20 years of, of Formula One liveries that we can do. So I've worked yeah. for forever. No, it's, it's just interesting. And, yeah. No, it's interesting to think because cr the creative process can be so draining just because you're using a lot of your brain power. But then I guess if you give it time, give it time yeah. to like, and you plan it forward, you don't have to, I guess, constantly worry about what comes next. No, no, we have we have a strong plan every year with with it do the plan for the full year. Sometimes there's a lot of new unexpected stuff, but but that's the fun part of it. Um, but we'll never run out on any of those. For music, we have so many great albums, so many great bands to cover. So, and art, there's, there's that's infinite inspiration. Of course, we covered the basics on all the three brands, the most, but, there's still time and, and there's still some some surprises um on what works and what doesn't work i mean so what have some of the surprises been then when it comes to sort of like the company ignition is releasing a clothing line this clothing line is something that we've been working on for quite a while now and behind the scenes been figuring out how could we give back and the way we want to give back is give designers 30% of everything that's sold. So if you buy a t-shirt, 30% of the profits from that t-shirt will go directly to the artist. It's just a way for us to show the great and amazing talent that is in the automotive and motorsport worlds. And that means if you do have a design or an idea for a clothing line, give us a message. Email me at harry at ignitionpod.com. That's harry at ignitionpod.com. I'd love to have a chat. But anyway, back to the episode. Oh, and before you go, podcast listeners get 15% off. So check the show notes below for that code for you. Big surprise was the Pink Pig. Mm. Never expected. It was a huge hit. I have a, I betted a, a very expensive dinner with my partner. And I won. Uh, airplanes. Airplanes was crazy. So we did a Spitfire. Yeah. And it was... And we have... We did it before Christmas. It was crazy. So the we had a machine producing just Spitfire socks for four months in a row. Just crazy in designs. The the time, the DeLorean from, from Back to the Future was a big surprise. 
A big deception. Red Sox, so Ferrari and everything don't don't work that good. Okay. I you, would think, you should have thought the colors look like Ferrari would have been. Yeah, but the Red Sox are not a very good sell. The 787B, the Mazda. Oh, yeah. Were yeah. Huge, yeah. huge hits. It was a lot of fun to do those. Um, the the VMAX, the, the, um, it was an arcade game called, uh, I forgot to use the um, called Outrun. I don't know if you yeah, know. I've, I've played that wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So the Outrun socks are a big success also. That's interesting. So, like, so I guess when it comes when it comes to designs, you guys can kind of look at them and know which ones are going to do well. Then, if if you have the, yeah, well, sometimes there's surprises, but but many of those were not unexpected. Nah, cool. No, it's just interesting because I'm just I'm just trying to think of like in terms of where the company is growing and how you are now. Like, are you guys happy with where you are, or is it like do you feel like there's a lot more room to grow as, as a company as well? I think there's a lot to do when we start working with more official licenses. It's very complex, for example, Formula One, because sometimes you can do a business with a team. Sometimes you need to do a business with team, a team and F1 organization. It's not that easy. Some Puma has covered a lot of, of licensing deals with Formula One. I think they have almost all teams are exclusives for Puma. Uh, but if we can tap that off, it would be amazing. We are doing that with Rowling, but Rowling unfortunately lost a little bit of of, um, of interest in the past few years. When I was young, it was 90% Rowling and 10% Formula One. So we wanted to see the Group B cars, and it was uh, Colin McRae with the Subaru, and it was Carlos mm. Sainz. It was really, really crazy. Um, and now Formula One got that as that space. Um, let's see. I think we can still do very interesting when we start investing more or have the opportunity to do more official license deals than we do. Yeah. And is there any brands that you're excited to work with in the future? Like anyone you really want to sort of see see on your feet? Has. Has F1 team. I want to, I'm harassing them. I'm almost <laughs> in the point. Yeah. I would love to do Haas socks. There's so so many cool stuff about that team. The pilots, Gunter, the well, it's crazy the stories mm -hmm. and the the unfortunate and the successes. It's I love the, the underdog and, and all, any people loves the underdog. So I'm if I had to pick one team to do socks, it would be definitely Haas. I'm pitching them because they would be the cheaper one also, but the one the ones I can afford. So um, and I would love to do properly Martini racing socks, but Martini only works with Porsche and Sparco. So that's okay. what I would love to do. Yeah. I don't know why, but Martini racing only works with those two companies. And they're like, so you, you've been told that by them, then is that like they just told you they won't work with you, or is this like something you've been told by other people? Mm, yeah. I've been told by other people they don't work with any other companies. And you can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, have you tried? No, I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> no, the, the crazy thing is to to have your own business, you need always be trying because you need to ask. It's 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 really important. So, but I could. I, we did very cool stuff just for trying, and and uh, we have four sponsored cars in in Le Mans just mm. by asking. So that's the cool part. Yeah, I mean, because sponsorship is a weird thing. Like, uh, I even like approaching you to sponsor this podcast. That was like a, that was one of those things I was like, 
how to how to get away into using something I love like socks and then mix them with cars. It was a no brainer. But like so in terms of like how important is it to keep trying? Like, and do you have a like a, a tolerance to the word to the word no is what I'm asking. I never had. <laughs> <laughs> no, the best came comes for being an entrepreneur. So um, I always ask. So you always need to be trying crazy stuff, and 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 uh, the bolder you are, the luckier you get sometimes. But it's ninety nine percent no's, and uh, sometimes you get a yes. Mm-hmm. And so, so what do you like the, the crazy ideas for the future? So if you look at Hill Tread and sort of like five, 10 years time, like where do you think you want to be or where do you know you want to be in, in, in that space? Well, that's a cool question. I think we can, we can be the brands, the apparel brand for petrol heads. Mm-hmm. So if you like cars, we'll offer you cars and airplanes, anything with an engine. We'll offer you a full set of clothing. So you'll get the sunglasses, the socks, the underwear, the polos, the t-shirts, always in, in a way that the socks will be the always the, um, the star product and where all the color will shine and everything. The others will be only with details, but that, that's what I see he going yeah and so, so how do you like i said how do you plan on doing that like would, would would the first thing be t-shirts would the first thing be like how you say sunglasses like have you have you looked at sunglasses yeah i've looked into sunglasses we did underwear and polo shirts we could do them better but the thing is with apparel it's a lot more complicated at least for us you have to yeah. have bigger quantities it's more expensive harder to sell so it's another ball game but sunglasses, I think we'll try in, in the next couple of years. We already had some some drafts and, and got contacting some some suppliers. It could be a very interesting accessory also. No, it's, it's interesting. It's like phone covers, uh, wallets. Yeah. No, it, I'm just, it's interesting to find out like it's not just socks. Like you're not just going to pigeonhole yourselves. Like would you have to change the name or would would Hill Treads become Hill Threads? Like, like what's, what's the way like you're thinking? That's of? so cool. I'll copy that. <laughs> i'll send you some socks <laughs> yeah please do you can have that for free um yeah like it's like, it's like, it's like so is that is that the name like are you going to change the name we're going to keep the name sort of the same like so what is the plan the plan was the plan the plan was to i never thought of of changing the name but heel treads it's a cool name We'll see. <laughs> yeah, gonna run run a copyright now. Um, no, it's all good. But uh, in terms of like, in terms, in terms of like, you you like, do you want to grow the companies? Like, you more designers and that sort of stuff. Or do you reckon you'll be able to do it with the company, like, with the team you have now? Well, the design team is growing, so we just hired two interns. Um, I think we can do with the, with the the team that we have. Maybe get getting someone on sales or but but the the team doesn't need to grow that much. Yeah, but in terms of like, and you mentioned interns, like, are you looking at hiring youth? And is that sort of like you're interested in like, is that an interest in like getting younger people in the brand at all, or is it like? I never thought about it to be honest. Never thought about it, but I, I have nothing against young people, and it's important for us to, just to grow and to 
make sure that the future of the company is taken care of. So, so we need to start with them hiring now and, and working with them and growing them in, into the company. Or that about it. Yeah, I mean, do you have a, do you have a family at all? Like you, you thought about like when, so obviously when you when you um, do go like is, it, is this something you want to pass on to them or? No, <laughs> I think my plan is to sell the business in about five years, um, and then spend the money on cars if I can do that. Uh, I don't know. It really depends. The the, the initial plan was that it's the I. I thought I was, my idea was to do this for 10 years. Five have been passed, a little bit slower than what I wanted, but we had a lot of challenges by, by like COVID and it was good and bad for us at the same time. Um, but it's been interesting. It's been like one hell of a ride. Really, really interesting. Is it? It's, it's, it's pretty good, but it's interesting because like it's um, coming towards the end of the podcast and I know we, we have five, five questions that I like to ask. Um, and the first one is being like that old, that ultimate three car garage. Like, what that money you sell that you get from selling the company? Like, what would you buy with those three cars? Unlimited money. Yeah. Unlimited money would be a McLaren F1, or one of the the new Gordon Murray automotive ones. I think I like. It's not the T50, the other one, the cheaper one, because I don't like the fan, Gordon. Uh, it would be definitely three cars, uh, a singer, no, nice. no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But the classic, the base one, no crazy DLSs, no, uh, you need a three, a third one. I can only have those three or the three perfect ones. Three perfect ones. Okay. I need an off-roader, so or a G wagon or a Defender. I'm not, not sure. Or maybe I need. I love BMWs, so it's a tough choice. The third one. The third one. It would be. The Gordon Murray three T thirty three, the new okay. one. Yeah. It will be the Porsche the Singer. And I'll have a crazy rest of all the Range Rover classic. Just something bespoke to me. Yeah. Nah, cool. Fantastic. And the, the next one is like if any car to drive on any road or track, but you can only do it once, where would you go and what would you take? Okay, I would take a McLaren F1 and do some crazy Wales road that I never drove before, but I saw, I saw too many pictures or too many, too many comments from from UK journalists that I really respect. Nah, fair enough. Yeah, it's it's, weird. it's funny like Welsh roads. You're lucky if you didn't get them; they're not wet. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the problem with Welsh roads. They are some of them are amazing. And oh yeah, I would recommend. I think there's a pass like dragon something, which is which is quite cool, which is definitely the one I'd do. Okay. But yeah, and uh, so the next question is like if you if money wasn't an object and money wasn't a thing, like what would you do for like a vocation? What would you do for a living? What would I do? 
I would definitely still do this business and, and take it to extremes, not as a manager, but as a, the president or something like that, just bossing people around. I will give back to the community. I don't know how. Um, I think children need more opportunities, so I'll do something uh, like create a fund to help children have bigger opportunities and not be limited by their parents' choices or the place they were unlucky to be born in. Mm -hmm. And I will have fun. I will, um, I love driving, but I even like more riding my motorcycles off-road. So I would probably do every other week, we'll be riding somewhere in the world um, off-road, just adventure riding. It's funny because like you mentioned the the kids thing. Like um, I, I've, I've, outside the podcast, there's a, there's a clothing brand that I have. It's very small, but it, it's there. Um, and like part of that is the designs that, they get sold 20% of the profits go to a fund to help those kind of people that can't afford to do certain things. So it's, it's definitely a cause that needs to be talked about more in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so the, and moving on to the next question is the advice that you'd give your younger self. Trust the plan. <laughs> yeah. I think I did some mistakes, but at the end, the only thing I regret, I was talking about that this week, is I spent seven years doing college instead of five. So I just took the first two years and just enjoyed and, and didn't study that much. And it was not that useful. So at the mm -hmm. end, I did the other five years, I did all, I studied a lot more. I had a lot more fun. So as put a little bit more effort into it. It's not that hard and it, it will make up later so it will it, it will pay off later so but with it's trust the plan so always work hard always believe but don't be stupid don't be naive um and uh you need to be trying i was the only i opened one two seven businesses only two are successful so mm. it's a very low percentage but i was smart i didn't spend all my money i didn't go bankrupt so i'm still here i had a lot of fun doing all of those all of those that failed pointed out to making this one possible so all yeah. the failures i had in the other ones i wouldn't be here talking to you if i hadn't done them before so you need to fail a lot to to find one that works um and at the end everything will always be good as long as you don't go well above your head but that's it oh, bro. and the last question is would you love most about cars would would i what do you love most about cars the noise, noise. the smell I'm, I'm also the thing is i love to be honest what i love is petrol because i'm, I'm also a, a, a private plane pilot um and what i love even in boats it's the smell of petrol so when you open an engine bay or if you're riding a bicycle a motorcycle it, it gets it's it's closer and i love the smell and and the noise of of engines yeah brilliant it's one of those things where it's almost addictive isn't it did that smell yeah yeah <laughs> and does it 
Well, it's, it's been a pleasure to speak to you, Gonzalo. It's been, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate the, uh, the time. Thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. It's always fun to talk about cars. It's one of the perks of having the, this business. If I had one takeaway from this episode, it'd be that it's never too late to start your own business or pursue your passion. It was amazing listening to Juan Carlos' story and the way that he's taken a very small and very interesting idea and blown it up worldwide. Hiltred is nationwide and when I first heard about the sock company, it was a life changer. Well, I love socks and these socks are perfect and almost felt tailor-made. So if you are listening to this and you did enjoy today's episode, I would love to hear your thoughts. DM me or tag us in this episode. I'd really appreciate it. And so with that being said, my name's Harry and this is the Ignition Podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey, I wanted to start off this episode in a different way. We were, thanks to you guys listening, in the top 10% of podcasts most shared globally, which is so impressive and means so much to me for a podcast that is less than a year old. Still, I want to set you a challenge of getting into that top 1%. So if you have ever enjoyed an episode or thought that the message from a guest was worth sharing, please send that episode to your friends. If you know someone that loves cars and is looking to get into the industry or change careers, help give them some inspiration. And speaking of inspiration, let's see what we got today.